Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle. I'm your host, Dan Capril, where each and every week we discuss areas of personal finance, but not the boring stuff that you're likely to find in your money magazine or Kiplinger's. I mean, that's fine. That stuff's there. The last thing I need to do is try to duplicate it. So if you want all the rules of the Roth IRA, that's fine. I can get those to you. But if you're driving in your car, you're listening, I would think you'd like to be a little bit more entertained. So on this show every week, I bring up either your questions or observations that I make. And sometimes my observations can be a little controversial. Sometimes they will even anger people. Well, if I don't anger somebody's part of the time, I don't feel like I'm pushing the envelope. All right. There's, there's no room here for plain vanilla. Just understand where my heart is. It's in a good place. It's about taking care of you. So today we're going to discuss a topic which I may have discussed in the past, but I'm going to take a slightly different perspective. The topic is what I like to call deadbeat kids. Now, I am a baby boomer. I was born at the very tail end of what is called the baby boomer era, which is 1946 to 1964. I was born in 1963. My parents grew up both very poor, in fact, my dad, incredibly poor, came here from Puerto Rico. I was going to say immigrated, but you don't immigrate from Puerto Rico because Puerto Rico is part of the U.S. He lived in a um, small urban apartment in New York City with his mom and three sisters, so single mom. And um, I believe the way he tells the story, they actually had to share a bathroom. So needless to say, he, um, he had it rough. And uh, to his credit, had a very, very successful career and um, has done quite well. He's almost 80 years old now. I just saw him recently. And uh, I think he just embodies, you know, what you can do in America. Mom, you know, similar type background. Her uh, mother immigrated here from Ireland. Very working class family. They had very little. And with children, it was all about then getting the kids to become self-reliant largely so that the kids could get jobs and help out the family. That was the motivation then to make children self-reliant. Now, today, we seem to have gotten away from that, and our government even helps us. So like right now, you can stay on your parents' health insurance until you're 26 years old. You know, in the 1940s, there were 21-year-olds leading entire battalions across France. And here we're concerned that Johnny or Mary won't be able to afford their own health insurance. Now, look, I'm not trying to be insensitive. I guess I am being insensitive. (laughs) But I I do have a personal bias towards self-reliance. And I have said this time and time again, that, you know, the greatest gift you can leave your children and yourself is your own level of self-reliance. And very often I see people in their retirement years still kind of playing that role of parent to where it can hurt them financially. There is a strong desire to continue to give their adult children, children in their 30s and 40s, an excessive amount of money to support them. Now, sometimes it might be for an expensive wedding. Other times it might be for a business. Other times it might be to buy a house, whatever the case might be. Now, look, I get it, all right? I am a parent myself. I have one child, and nobody has ever accused me of not spoiling him. (laughs) All right, I get it. However, you have to be very careful 
Because if you give your children assets that you will need back, well, you're going to become dependent on them and nobody wants that. All right. So now that I've said all that, I'm now going to contradict myself as I have been known to do. And I'm going to talk about the idea of gifting money to your adult children and how to do it properly. Because last time I checked, you can't take it with you. Now, I know some of you want to. You really think there's a way to make it happen. No, but you know that's not the case. So the question now becomes, what do I do? If I have built up a nice net worth, and, and clearly I have more money than I'll ever need in my lifetime, is it better to leave it to my heirs and charities upon my death? Or should maybe I look to give some now? Now, there is no right or wrong answer to this. There's a lot of factors. Of course, the first one is the assumption I just made, which is you don't need the money. Nobody else needs the money. You know, you're going to be just fine. And you, whether you give it to them or you wait until you die, it doesn't matter. That has to be clarified first and foremost. Never give away anything that you might need for yourself. So we have to answer that question first. All right. So let's assume we have. Give you a great example. You got a married couple here, both in their 60s. They have two homes. They have their, their primary home. And then they have the vacation home. They wish to move to the vacation home full time. They're very confident. Yeah, I could live there the rest of my life. It's perfect. Okay, great. Now they have their primary home. Great house. It's paid up. In fact, their children, one of their children, would love to buy that house. Should we do that? Should we sell it to them? Well, yeah, you can sell it to them. You can sell it to anybody you want. But sometimes, actually, it might make sense to gift them the house. Again, complete contradiction to what I said before. Assumption, you're never going to need the equity value from that home. So, first of all, you don't actually even have to gift it to them. One way, one, obviously, you could sell it to them outright. Let them go find a mortgage company and all that. It's one strategy. Another strategy is you could sell it to them in installments. And in essence, you are the mortgagee. So, they pay you every month. Now, keep in mind, if you go that route, we're going to have to report interest on taxes and stuff like that. It gets a little bit more complicated. But you could just turn around and gift them the house if you want. Now, when, when people say, well, if I'm going to gift, say, a $200,000 house, isn't that going to incur taxation? The answer is, in almost every case, not all, but almost in almost every case, no, it will not. You are allowed to make those sizable gifts. Under the current law, just to kind of spell it out for you, you can gift anybody $14,000 every year. And on top of that, you can gift out about $5.5 million. So if I wanted to, I could give somebody, say, something worth $2 million. And on top of that, I could gift to other people $14,000 a year every year. No tax. Now, there's some reporting that has to be done. Because what the government wants to make sure of is that if you are a candidate for estate taxes, they don't want you to give away all of your assets so that you don't pay your estate taxes. But as long as we're talking about not giving away more than five and a half million, and that's be for one person, married couple, twice that, no, there's probably not going to be any gift tax implications involved with giving a family member a $200,000 house. Now, again, if you're not certain, don't take this as actual advice to you. Let's talk. But that can be done. Very simply, especially if the house is paid off. Now, it's very important if we do this that we have a family meeting. Because there's going to be a ripple effect here. And the first thing is, me as the advisor, 
I'm going to say to the fortunate child who just got a free house, <laughs> listen, let's take advantage of this free house. Let's not go out and get a mortgage on it. Why don't you instead take the money that you normally would have used to pay your mortgage and invest that and build up your net worth? Now, there are some people over there that say, no, 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 take the mortgage and invest it. No, I'm not a fan of that. There's no reason to do that. You've gotten this incredible gift to paid off house. That automatically puts you probably in top one or 2% of all Americans in terms of net worth when you have a paid off house. I mean, that's such a fabulous thing to have. But let's, let's keep setting aside the money that we would have put towards the mortgage and all the interest that you would have to pay. And let's instead build up our net worth. Don't fall trap, don't fall to the trap of saying, oh, I gotta get a mortgage so I get a tax deduction. What good's a tax deduction if you end up paying two, three times the value of your house in total interest cost over the life of the loan? It makes no sense. Don't do that. Now, gifting the house is very easy. Yeah, some paperwork, nothing too bad, disclosure. But at the end of the day, it's gonna be re-registered. Now, it doesn't just have to be a house, okay? It could be anything, anything with a title. What I want to emphasize is that the advantages of giving allow for you to witness now your heirs, your charities enjoying that. That's a good thing, as I can see it. Again, provided we don't have to worry that we are um, going to run out. Now, some things I'm not excited about you giving. I'm not excited about you giving away an IRA because you can't avoid the taxes there. You'll trigger a lot of tax. But if it's a car, if it's cash, if it's real estate, that might be a sound strategy. We have to make sure though that it is a sound strategy. So it has to be thought through. And if you haven't really thought that through, well, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you think these things through. So how do we do that? Well, reach out to me a number of ways. Obviously, I prefer the phone. I'm old school, 513-563-PLAN. That's 513-563-7526. Give me a call. I'd love nothing more than to share with you the right approach in doing these things. You can also go to our website, matsonandcapril.com. There's a button on there where you can press to ask me any kind of question you want, and I'll get back to you on that. So gifting is a useful thing. It can work out well. Also, I'm assuming, of course, that when we do this, that our adult children will use the money wisely. If you don't think they will use the money wisely, please don't gift it to them because nothing is worse than watching them misuse the money. That'll really drive you crazy. Oh, also, I should point out one more thing. If you have more than one child, you may feel motivated by what you do for one to do for the other. Now, once that little issue of parity enters the equation, Sometimes people can't be as generous as they want. So if I give somebody, say, if I give my son a $200,000 house, now I, don't, I only have one child. This is why I had only one child, in case you wondered. But if let's say I had two, let's say I had a son and a daughter. If I give my son a $200,000 house, am I gonna feel obligated to give my daughter something of equal value? I might, but I don't have to do it right away. I could just adjust my estate plan so that she ultimately inherits more as a result of that $200,000 gift being made. So keep that in mind. There's many different ways to skin the cat. I hope that you found this to be helpful. Gifting can be useful, but it must be done properly. 
And sometimes once we do it one way, we can't go back and undo it. So if you want to talk about this, please call me, 513-563-PLAN, 513-563-7526. I'll be happy to share with you the insights and how gifting can be a powerful strategy for you. Until then, thank you for listening to Solving the Financial Puzzle podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Solving the Financial Puzzle. If you want to find out more about Dan Capril or about today's topic, visit matsonandcapril.com. And be sure to join us for the next edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle. Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Dan Capril is an investment advisor representative of MPM Wealth Advisors and Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC. Both firms are registered investment advisors. To obtain a copy of Form ADV and a private policy statement for either firm, call 800-353-7923.